It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Uh, take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. All right, Logan. The Dallas defense is obviously a nightmare uh, or nightmare fuel for any offense, for any offensive line. Uh, I know one of the other guys that we wanted to talk about is Chris Paul. How yeah. do you think he, like, what 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 was his, his kind of profile coming out? What are the things that get you so excited about him? And then also, what are the things that are the reasons why he hasn't played this season when the guard play has been inconsistent at best? Yeah, so uh, really good questions. Uh, so he was a guy that I actually, him and Tyler Smith, who was a first-round pick, mm-hmm. were very, very similar. Very similar. Like hyper-athletic, mean, nasty sons of guns. Very, very athletic. High athletic profiles. And that shows up with Chris. Like, you know, I don't know what the discrepancy is between why one went in the first round and one goes in the seventh. Because, like, when you watch the film, there's a, there's times where they're almost indiscernible in terms of like because they're I think one was 75 and one was 73 and you're kind of like, they played right next to each other at they, Tulsa? yeah they they would kind of bounce around because like they they had a lot of injuries so Chris mm. would move from right tackle to left guard you know they would just and you're like who like and and so it was really I always had to check my sheet when I was doing the, the their games because I had to figure out who was who anyway um, so I when they picked him in the seventh round I was really excited. And he comes in, and I think he you just immediately see like how absolutely raw he is. He's big, he's athletic, he moves well, he's just raw as all get out. And he flashed at times during the preseason and during training camp, but there were still things like conceptually that he was having a hard time learning, which makes sense because at Tulsa, he was a guy that, um, again, like I wonder about how nuanced their offensive line coaching is, how, long, how nuanced their offensive line scheme is, right? Um, and so, you know, on the slide, you'd see him push through push through number two to go to number three when he didn't have to, right? They're not bringing an extra player, right? And that stuff gets you murdered, right? Like when guards do that, like I don't care how athletically gifted you are, you have to understand that. But I think what bode well for me is that, you know, you kind of check in on him periodically. And I remember talking to you because I, I watch a lot of film. We do our Sunday uh, pregame show, like during mm-hmm. the breaks and stuff. And you kind of say, oh, some of the issues he was having earlier, like he'd be on his tippy toes in pass pro, his feet were getting flatter. You can see the strength, you see the power, you see the movement skills, you see him playing tackle, you see him playing guard, and you see the size and you say, he is progressing. Now, where in the spectrum of progression is he at? I have no idea. He's definitely better than he was. And I thought he was pretty good coming out. I, you know, He made the team as a seventh round draft pick, testament to him. He doesn't play teams. They see the value of him. I saw it too. I'm really glad they made that decision. 
Right. But now a guy they didn't feel like they could stash on practice squad. Right. And um and I think a lot of people around the league, if you watched this film, you would have felt the same way, right? So good he's here. It's just how close is he, right? It's it's like taking a JV high school player to varsity. Like he's the best JV player, but when I've done this because I'm a high school football coach, you put him on varsity and it looks like he doesn't belong. Other times you do that and it's like, okay, yeah, everything's fine. Let's let's yeah. good to go. And I think there's probably a little bit of that. I do think this is a front that is going to challenge him. And it's not a physical challenge because I think everything physically is like right in his wheelhouse. He's strong as an ox. His feet are great. He's fast. He's physical. He likes to get after people. Like all that's going to be fine. He's not going to, that, that, that element's not going to be too big for him. It's the movement of the front. It's the blitzes. It's the exotic yeah. pressures on third down. Blocking won't be a problem. It's figuring out who to block. Correct. That's exactly, that's a really succinct way of, an, an accurate way of putting it. And it's, and, and that's magnified this week. Like if you're playing the Cleveland Browns, they, they're pretty straightforward here. Like you're going to get in five man fronts. You're going to get in four man fronts. The bigs change, right? So usually you have like a list of, of defensive linemen that are, you're involved in pass pro. Is Micah Parsons a big? Is he up? Is Anthony Barr a big? Is he down? Like in different packages, it's different people. It's different numbers, right? And so that's a lot of mental gymnastics just to start. And then on top of the identification factor, they bring unusual pressures, right? They also do a lot of line movement, pre, pre-snap, post-snap. So in terms of a first game out from a guy who was having struggles kind of from a, I don't want to say from an intellectual standpoint, because he's a very bright guy. It's yeah. more like from a football, identification. Yes. Standpoint. Knowledge standpoint. It's, this is again, like a big step. So I don't know what to expect from him, but physically I know he's capable of doing it. Yeah. And again, rookie quarterback. Uh, and now in this offense, we've talked about this at times this year is the centers have gone through hell. Uh, the center is responsible mostly for the line calls, but uh, obviously a quarterback can help. This week, the quarterback probably is not going to be a whole lot of help because he is also a rookie. Um, so we'll see how Schweitzer, that goes. Yeah, Wes Schweitzer, big boy pants, bring him. Uh, um, Paul, is he is he a guard long term? I mean, you mentioned the guy so. that played guard and some tackle, and like this team's kind of looking at everything. I think next year yeah. as possibilities, and they've got some guys in like Cosme is a guy who could play tackle, could play guard long term. You know, you mentioned yeah. that that Chris Paul played tackle long term, and he's got the size, and he's got the feet, and he's got the athleticism. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, a big athletic left tackle sounds great. Um, not that Leno's been like the biggest problem this year, but he struggled at times. And I think that they could upgrade that position in the off season. So what's what's Chris Paul's a long term prognosis? Yeah. So if I had to categorize him, I'd say probably guard. I think he just struggles a little bit with that extra bit of space. I think he could do it, like Cosme. Like he, and they're different. Like Cosme is an elite football player, and I think Chris is close. But Cosme, like. His RAS score was 9.9. What's so elite. RAS? Oh, uh, raw athletic score. Okay. So coming out. So he's like, his for his size, his height of six, six and a half, his weight of 305 pounds. He had a very high broad jump or very long broad jump, very high vertical. His 5105. Like he is 10 is the highest score you can get. There's been mm. two 10s in the history of the RAS score, and he is a 9.9. So he's like elite. So I think Chris is also very athletic, just not elite. So that's what allows Cosme to kind of bump effortlessly between guard and tackle. I think Chris, if you needed to in a pinch, could play tackle, but I think he is an excellent guard. And I think that's one thing that's a little bit frustrating about this roster is I think they have a lot of guys 
with good position flex, like Sadiq Charles is another example, Wes Schweitzer is an example, but you don't have anybody who owns a position. And that, to me, is a little bit frustrating. I definitely think they need to bring in an offensive lineman this offseason, but this is an excellent data point to say Chris Paul can be this guy at a guard spot for us moving forward. Because if he can do that, like physically, again, like you're not going to find somebody physically better than him in this next year draft, or you'll find someone comparable, but he's elite. It's just, is he ready to do it? Because if you can plug him in at guard, see, so plug Cosme in at guard or tackle, and you draft a guard or tackle, whichever you feel is better value, like that group has some teeth now. You know what I mean? That's that's a good looking group. So even with Leno coming back, and, I, and that's not to disparage Leno, I think he does a great job. Are there better better left tackles? Yes, but that just adding one piece if Paul steps in becomes a very dynamic group. Uh, what can Matsko and obviously the rest of the staff do to help this line out this weekend from a protection standpoint? Help Howell out, help Paul out. Like whether it's simplifying, whether it's complicating. Right. You know, what What are some like? This is the type of thing that you'll only get on not just a podcast, but this podcast, like right. let's talk protection. This is, right. this is Logan Paulson's dream offensive line talk. How do, <laughs> how do we, how, how do they, they keep Hal upright and how do they keep uh, Paul insulated? Yeah. So I think the knee jerk reaction is to say, keep it simple, stupid, right? Don't put a lot out there. Cause then you have a lot of, so that's the thing is you have your, let's say you got two plays, right? You can own those two plays Right, because the defense is going to run. We just talked about the multitude of issues that the the Dallas Cowboys are going to bring: the five man front, the four man front, the targeting. So you can own those two elements, right? But then I say I got five. Now I got to know five plays in addition to five adjustments to those plays and five different defensive looks. So all of a sudden that becomes like seventy five variations that I have to know. So keep it tight, right? Find things that they do well. And really, I think the the most important variable is just manage the game. Be okay being conservative. Don't put either one of those players in high leverage situations. Just if you, I, I know game flow dictates certain things, but let's say it's let's say it's third and twelve. Call a draw. Yeah, call a draw. Like just don't don't get in a five step. Call a Jared draw. Jared Patterson, call a your time has come. Yeah, call a draw. Call a screen. You know, throw a quick game. Throw a slant. If you want to get really ballsy, do a fi- do a three step from the gun, which plays like a five step. He should be able to get the ball out, right? Don't do a seven step deep ass drop and try to launch that football down the field. Just don't do that. Like that. That's what I'm saying. Manage your risk in those situations because knowing knowing what Dallas does defensively, knowing who's going to be playing guard, and knowing who's at quarterback, the variables of negative outcomes just start to stack exponentially in those situations. Yeah, definitely. 